this Sinclair story is hot. The number of texts we're getting on it. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And as I understand, Joe Getty rejoins the Armstrong and Getty Show as in having jury duty today. But you're uh, you're joining us again. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, as, uh, as I've explained before, you're admonished by the judge when you're part of a jury that you can't talk about any part of the trial. You can't talk about it in any regard. But I'll just tell you this. I thought I had jury duty all day today. I do not. Okay. So... So clearly you were in the garage after the show. <laughs> so so the story is you made up the jury duty thing. You had a tea time and it started raining. This is just all some sort of passive aggressive ruse because I took a couple sick days off. <laughs> exactly. Again, the uh, judge has admonished me not to talk about my tea times either. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so we got some text. We were talking about the Sinclair thing. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, and in what ways it is. Not dissimilar from what goes on with MSNBC, CNN, Fox, and 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 has been for forever. Uh, and in what ways it might be unique? I think it might be unique in that it is a company that owns a whole bunch of local stations. And the and, you know, see, I I don't think most people know that. Do you think when you tune into a local news station, you think at all about who owns it or not? I don't. I never do. Absolutely not. Valid point. Yeah, and I would not think. Oh, this station is owned by. I usually, well, I don't think about it at all. But if I did to any extent, I would think it's owned by somebody locally, probably, whatever. Um, I would not think that it's owned by a national company and that all the stations all across the company are probably saying the same thing word for word right now. I would never think that. No, I would absolutely assume it was handed down by management because you and I know that those news talking heads, they never say anything but what is written for them. Sure. So that part of it doesn't bother me at all. But, yeah, I would probably assume it was a statement by the local news director of management. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll just read some of the text we got. If Sinclair had identified the piece as editorial and coming from the national office, I would be fine with it. Representing it as a local commentary, uh, I find to be a problem. Okay. I don't know if they represented that or it was just assumed. Because, like you just said, I would assume it was local commentary. I just, I just took it as a statement of, of policy, of editorial policy. Uh, um, when a lar- we got this text. When a large corporation puts out a position statement, is that a forced script uh, for various branch offices to read it? After all, Sinclair is a media corporation, which has made a corporate position to guard its credibility as part of that process to announce its intent. Now that I know there is something called Sinclair that owns a whole bunch of TV stations across the country, and they, they put out that statement, I, I don't know. Uh, as we as we were discussing earlier, that particular statement, I don't I don't see how that particular statement bothers anybody. Um, well, I think a lot of people are looking desperately to be outraged on the one hand, and on the other hand, TV and and print journalism, web journalism, have been so dominated by the left that people are absolutely shocked that any you know any number of stations would would enunciate anything that... And Joe has crashed into an abutment. I hope he's okay. And, uh, Which is not a big overlap anyway. I'm sorry, you, you glitched out. We don't know what you said, and I just said you probably ran into an abutment. Apparently you didn't. You're back. Um, well, you know what? I am getting into the part of the world, though, where my coverage sucks. I will bow out again and rejoin you for final thoughts. Okay, fantastic. Uh, I've been listening to you guys since 2000, says this texture. 
from watching the simulcast. Wow, when we were on TV. We're on t- How long were we on TV, Michael? Do you remember? About five years, I think. I thought it was longer than that. Jeez. It was a long time. That's a good run. It was a good run. It was a long time. And it was interesting when we were on television. There were advantages and disadvantages. I mean, because once you and Joe got past that will-they-won't-they they kind of tension by season two, like, I thought you guys had really just run out of... <laughs> right. And then you brought in the quirky neighbor. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. we had to have a baby uh, to keep interest. Now, yeah, so we were on a simulcast on a local station uh, in, in one market for at least five years. I thought it was like six or seven, but anyway. Um... We've talked about this a number of times over the years. We, 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 at the end, we weren't certain if it was helping or hurting the radio uh, ratings because we knew a lot of people that instead of listening to this in the radio, they just listen to it through the TV and then you glance at the TV now and then. And, and I, so they weren't listening to the radio and we make most of our money then and now from the radio. Um, so we weren't sure if it was helping or hurting, but in the beginning, it was good exposure for us. But the one thing, and I, this, this, the, the most amazing thing, I didn't know this. The people who watch morning TV are way stupider than the people who listen to morning radio. I mean, it's just, it was as clear as could be. Now, I kind of thought that because I've always wondered about the sort of person that watches TV during work hours. You're either retired you can't be housewives because if you got kids, you're busy doing that. My wife watches almost zero television. Not almost. She watches zero television. What about once they start going to school and you have... Then you would. Yeah. Maybe watch some TV. Um, or you're unemployable. I think that's a lot of people who watch morning television, the unemployable. I watched a ton of it when I was a uh, when I was doing night shifts, like a waiter, bartender sort of thing. Like a lot of a lot of twenty somethings working the night shift are are fans of the eleven a.m. showing of The Price Is Right. Honest to God, now this is back when we used to take phone calls regularly. It was part of the show. We'd take calls like every break. Um, uh, most radio stations did, and then you know now with texting, and I can choose the best stuff and reword it. I like texts better than calls. But back when we used to take phone calls, I could tell within three words whether it was somebody who would listen to the radio or was watching on television. I could just tell them three words. Well, I think TV. Hey, I just heard you guys. Radio. Is that easy? So think about that, advertisers. Think about that. Those people don't have any money. Why are you advertising on TV? Anyway, back to the text. It was like this. Radio. You're a genius. TV. You're an idiot. (laughs) Nice work there, Michael. Uh, I've been listening to you guys since 2000 from watching the simulcast, listening on the radio, iHeart podcast, different companies. I can confidently state that the news played over the years often represents a bias. Uh, The top of the hour news, not talking about Marshall or Jamie back in the day. The top of the hour news from whatever syndicate you've got, and we've had a whole bunch of different ones on different radio stations. Is almost always liberal leaning. Yeah, national national news is far and away liberal leaning. Now you find out that Sinclair has a has a has a, a whole bunch of TV stations across the country that, uh, that apparently are conservative leaning. I'm taking y'all's word for that because I don't know that myself. Um, so that is not a surprise at all. Again, the difference would be if it's being portrayed as a local independent operator, which I guess I'll have to start watching local TV news and figure out if that's what's going on. Last week, or earlier this week, we had a guy named on, uh, named Ed Obiashi on. He's an 
expert. Now, he's a former special prosecutor, former public defender, but he's an expert on police shootings. We've had a bunch of these across the country, most recently in Sacramento, that got national attention. Did the police do something wrong? Are, are the police hunting black men in America? All that sort of stuff. You know the conversation. Very tense times. He's an expert in it. We ran out of time with him the other day. A lot of you thought we needed to ask more questions. We're going to coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. stories for a while because I just got exasperated with them. The police shootings, the unarmed black man shot by police or, you know, the different versions of them that have happened all across the country. One of the reasons that I finally started staying out of them because I just decided, you know, I can't tell. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It ends up being a he said, they said or something. And I wasn't there. So do I know? Did he reach in the car and reach for the guy's gun? Is the cop just saying that? I never know. But then when you end up with rioting in various cities across the country and presidents getting involved in that all, that sort of thing, you know, I guess we got to pay attention. If you have large swaths of America that believe, and apparently this is the case, you have large swaths of America that believe the police are have been given the right to hunt black men and shoot them down. There are a lot of people that believe that. And that's no good for the country. Even if it's not true and you think they're, they're you know, they're they're delusional. Even if you believe that, you you don't want giant segments of the population believing that because you're going to end up with, um, you know, some real civil unrest, which which we've seen. The most recent shooting in Sacramento with Stephon Clark, unarmed, shot dead by police, got things stirred up again. Al Sharpton in Sacramento recently, you know that whole story. Earlier in the week, we talked to Ed Obiashi, who's actually an expert in these sorts of police shootings. Have has has looked at. He told us the other day, hundreds of them trying to determine who's at fault and who's not. Ed uh, rejoins us on the Armstrong and Getty Show today. Ed, thanks for coming on again. No, thank you, Jack. Hey, just, I, I assume you're following this through yes, the media, like watching, you know, listening to the radio, watching the local news. What makes you shout at your radio or shout at your TV? You think, no, they've got it wrong. Is there anything in particular? Uh, more than, uh, say, shouting at the TV, uh, you know, my position, um, you know, I understand you know, the frustration, uh, you know, that's just normal, a normal human reaction. However, what is frustrating is what I perceive as uh, the irresponsibility of certain professionals, legal professionals, who have uh, jumped to a conclusion without all the facts and actually not being trained investigators themselves. Um, none of these lawyers uh, uh, who uh, you referred to who have... Um, uh, gone in front of the press and made all sorts of accusations, uh, they don't have the facts, neither do I. Uh, But the difference between my observations and their observations is that I've been doing this, as you mentioned, uh, for a living. Uh, My job is to look at these from a trained eye, uh, uh, excuse me, from an unbiased 
uh, viewpoint, apply the uh, investigative experience techniques that are called for in these types of investigations, and also apply the legal principles uh, to those facts as discovered. I'm going to hit you with a couple of questions we get over and over on the text line. Uh, with the autopsy coming up, coming out on Friday, he was shot in the back a number of times. Common or uncommon, does that mean anything? Uh, it does not change my opinion as to my uh, current uh, opinion that this uh, shooting was justified based on what I've seen and what I've heard. Uh, it is not uncommon. Um, th- this is not an unusual um, dynamic in police shootings for a variety of reasons. Uh, it, as you can imagine, uh, you know, in a chaotic, fast-moving, split-second uh, developing set of circumstances, uh, the, the individual, um, unfortunately, Stefan Clark or any other individual in some of these situations, it's not uncommon for, uh, for uh, both sides really to be moving at really, uh, uh, you know, at just a rapid pace, uh, you know, close, uh, close in uh, confrontations, uh, just a uh, uh, slight degree in angle from either party, uh, changes the traje- trajectory of the um, uh, the bullets, the aim. Uh, as you can imagine, this is not this is uh, this, these confrontations don't occur under the best of circumstances. In other words, uh, like a uh, a, a typical uh, range practice situation where everything is under a controlled environment, uh, safety officers. Uh, uh, certain distance, uh, re- repetitive drills, etc. You have all the time, a uh, certain de- uh, degree of time to discharge your... It's all orchestrated. This, obviously, to the layperson should be obvious. It is not an orchestrated uh, sequence of events. Uh, everybody's moving. Um, they're trying to uh, acquire the target, fire as best as they can. And here's an unfortunate myth. Uh, contrary to what everybody sees in Hollywood, uh, there's no such thing as a lethal weapon and a dirty, hairy uh, type of uh, uh, sharpshooter. That's just, uh, that's all make-believe. And like I said, again, uh, you know, when you have all the emotions, adrenaline, and everybody's shaking and moving, uh, I, I think it's common sense that everyone can understand how these shots can uh, uh, impact an individual from the back. Okay, a couple. Twisting and turning, et cetera. A couple, so, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, yeah, I'll just hit you with a quick yes or no. So it's not uncommon for someone to end up shot in the back, even if they were facing them to start with. Uh, that's correct. Okay. And there have been numerous incidents in studies that have explained how that happens. Okay. Um, uh, I, I believe a, a family member has been saying this for the last couple of weeks and screaming this a lot. Why not shoot him in the leg? Why not shoot him in the arm? Why do you have to kill him? Explain the, that one. I, th- same, I think that one's obvious, but go ahead. Yeah, for the same reasons I mentioned before, uh, we are not, when I say we, law enforcement officers, yes, there's good, there are good uh, firearms um, uh, officers. I mean, what I'm saying is they're good marksmen. Uh, you know, everybody has a different skill set. However, what I'm saying is there is no such, in the heat of the moment, under those types of stressful situations, Despite what everybody thinks and sees on television, uh, it's impossible to shoot someone in the purposely, deliberately aim in those split-second circumstances to take deliberate aim at a limb. Officers are taught from day one they shoot at the largest part of the body for obvious reasons, for to stop the threat. Uh, there's no time to start aiming at a, a 
hand, leg, a foot, whatever, to disable an individual. That's unrealistic, and it's dangerous to everybody involved. That's yeah, like go to the uh, get a gun and go to the range and practice it sometime. That uh, and then and then have somebody moving the target around and try to hit a leg. That would right. well, you'd have to be really good. Um, a couple more questions because I don't want to run out of time like we did the other day. Could the cops have done a better job of shouting at the suspect from behind cover? You know, lay down on the ground, your hands extended, that sort of thing, so we don't end up in a situation where uh, you're shooting the guy dead. Well, Jack, they could have, uh, should they have, um, could, should have, would have. Uh, yeah, another officer might have done that under the circumstances, but that doesn't make uh, what the officers in the current incident uh did what they did makes it either um, uh, out of tactics or unreasonable. Uh, under the circumstances, they were given standard commands. Uh, tactically wise, uh, you know, I get, I hear this a lot uh, in any shooting. Well, we, we need to look at our policies. Uh, we need to come up with a better um, uh, tactical plan when dealing with this situation. Uh, I have to say, you've been following these incidents for a long time. I've been doing this for 25 years. The tactics are constantly improving to deal with certain threats. Uh, We we go through numerous um, improvised practice drills, uh, you know, same situations. Uh, You cannot come up with a policy or procedure, one size fits all. These types of events, as the United States Supreme Court has mentioned, are to be viewed specifically under their own terms. In other words, you do not apply a general approach to these situations. It's unworkable, it's unrealistic, and even the courts realize that. Um, So in terms of coming up with new tactics, uh, when when the officer reasonably perceives that his or her life is under danger, that officer is going to do what's necessary to protect himself or herself. And we would, we would expect that of any officer or any civilian under those types of circumstances when they reasonably believe that their life is in danger at that moment. We're, we're almost out of time talking with Ed Obiashi, who, is, as you can hear, is an expert in police shootings. How close a call is this one? I mean, we've had a couple across the country, you know, man, I don't know. Was he reaching in the window of the, of the car? I don't know. How close a call is this one? Pretty close, not very close in terms of the police doing right or wrong. Uh, so far from what I see, it's not even close. Yeah. Um, as I've mentioned to some of your colleagues, in terms of a, um, at least from an analysis standpoint, uh, from you know my perspective, uh, this really is a so I'm, I'm a f- on the level of a you know, level of difficulty. Okay, not not close, according to the expert Ed Obiashi. That's where we are on that. Thanks for coming on, Ed. Appreciate it. What do you got coming up? Your news, Marshal? Another Trump cabinet member in hot water in the California Supreme Court ruling in a DNA collection case that may shock you. DNA collection. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. on our interview with the expert in police shootings a lot of uh, the same things being said this is not really a criticism but same things being said that happens with with a lot of these shootings uh, don't resist arrest you won't get shot well sometimes that's true a lot of times that's true not always true um, what is the responsibility of the victim not to get shot 
So a lot of those. But then this, if an unarmed individual dies, it's not justified, it's murder, period. Well, if you're a policeman, how do you know if they're unarmed or not? If they have something in their hand and you think it's a gun, in your mind at the time, they were armed. See, that's the problem. You can't wait till you find out all the time. God dang it, I can't imagine being a policeman. You shoot a guy and then find out he doesn't have a gun. That'd be a hell of a yeah. thing to live with. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, we got another Trump cabinet member in hot water. President Trump offering his support to the head of the Environmental Protection Agency, who is at the center of several ethics questions these days. Two administration officials confirmed the president called Scott Pruitt on Monday and told him that, quote, we've got your back. Trump urged Pruitt to keep his head up and said the White House supported him. The officials, again, were speaking on the condition of anonymity because they weren't authorized to publicly discuss what the president said. Pruitt, if you recall, if you know the case, apparently rented a bedroom in D.C. from the wife of an energy lobbyist for 50 bucks a month for a while. 50 bucks a month? That's yeah. a good deal. And he likes, or I think of maybe, no, I, I'm wrong, $50 a night. I think that was the goal. Oh, okay. And That's he, still pretty cheap. Yeah, and he likes to fly first class in the taxpayer's right. dime. These yeah. things have been See, coming I, up. I hate that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely freaking hate it. It's it's God, it's a tough one. You know, you've got to have standards and stick to them, Jack. I don't like it when politicians do this. I hate it. I agree with so much of the stuff that he wants to do. But that whole you get to fight, fly first class in the taxpayer dime because it's so important for you to be comfortable. Or, or a lobbyist for a particular point of view giving you a sweetheart deal. Freaking hate that stuff. I think the guy's got to go. Why'd you do that, dude? Why'd you do that? And I, I was trying to remember how many how many cabinet members are, or uh, members that have, that have been in trouble has, has President Trump supposedly called and said, I've got your back. And then a week yeah. later, they were gone. That's classic. Always yeah. has been, as far as I've been following Washington, D.C., the... The, uh, what do they call it? The vote of confidence right. is usually the kiss of death. Right. Get the hell out of here! Meanwhile, Trump is going to be ho- hosting a, a joint press conference with the Baltic states' heads of government this morning. That's going to be around 10.30, so we'll see some give and take and uh, Q&A during that. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah. Because the, the the Baltic states, that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road mm-hmm. between Russia and us. Yep. And we are NATO. If, NATO. if NATO stands for us, anything, it's because of the United States. We've got reports today that the Trump administration is actually setting quotas for immigration judges, ordering them to close at least 700 cases every year. The Wall Street Journal is reporting this. They're reporting the Justice Department told judges last week they'll be evaluated on the basis of how quickly they close cases of immigrants targeted for deportation. Journal reporting that new requirement's going to take effect on October the 1st. I want to start calling it repatriation like the ambassador from Mexico does. He calls it, when they when they boot people out of out of their country, out of Mexico, and right. send them back, they call it repatriation. How many did you say they were doing a year there? 100,000 in the last year and a half, something like that, 125,000. Tens of thousands. Well, they they've got a huge a year. Problem. They've got a huge problem, too, because of Central America and, yeah. you know, the, the terrible But they don't put there. up with it. You don't get to come right. there, stay there, and start getting the health care and sending your kid to school. They don't do that in Mexico. And you speak the same language. Um, what was I going to say? Backing up to the other one. Oh, when's the last time Trump took a bunch of questions? It's been a while. It, has, it? Been, it, it has been a bit. Yep. Yep. Mostly. Uh, Remember most when he went through that period, like around Christmas time or something like that? He right. had like four days in a row where he just took all kinds of questions. Right. Right. I want him to. I want to take him questions because you got you got Russia, you got Stormy Daniels, you got you got a bunch of stuff hanging out there. California Supreme Court 
is upholding a controversial law allowing DNA collection upon arrest. The court deciding... In How a do court- they get it out of you? What party do they take it from? They could swab it, I imagine. I don't. They think could, they but maybe they don't. The court deciding... Break an ankle, take some bone marrow. <laughs> take an eye. The court deciding at a 4-3 to three vote that the state can continue to collect DNA uh, from people arrested for a felony crime. Now, not convicted. Arrested. Wow, they take DNA from you and then I assume store the information, gather the information and keep it somewhere just because you're arrested, not yep. convicted. The law says the DNA profile would remain in the state's offender database unless the person applies to have it expunged and the court approves it. So, you, so not automatically if you're not found guilty. Right. What? Right. No, it just stays there. That's crazy. Yep. Privacy advocates say California's law to collect DNA from arrestees is even more invasive than DNA rules in all the other states. Wow. Liberals. Liberals in the great blue state. Aren't you against this? You want them to collect DNA upon arrest, and then you have to go through a whole, jump through a whole bunch of hoops to get it expunged, even if you're, you're innocent? Yeah. No way you think that's a good idea. Where's the ACLU on that one? The Journal of the American Medical Association has a new study that says middle-aged Americans who experience a sudden large economic blow were more likely to die than those who didn't. The study, published Tuesday in the journal, says it uh, found that overall wealth shock was tied with a 50% greater risk of dying. What kind of death? Uh, probably probably heart attack, I would imagine, or, you know, some sort of stress-related uh, I want to know what the deaths are. Is it opioid abuse? Is it drinking yourself to death? Is it hurling Par- yourself out of a building? Parachute not opening during a sky? <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they're referring... Shark attacks? Uh, yeah, they're just saying greater risk of dying, so perhaps all of the above. Vending machine mishaps? Spontaneous combustion? <laughs> that would be the scary one. Oh, yeah. I lost a lot of money, and poof, I blow up in flames. <laughs> Well, that's pretty interesting. I just wonder what the causes of death are. Yeah, I don't have that listed in this oh. uh, in this coverage. Well, I'll try and find out more. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Yeah, if you come up with any of the the, the yeah, show you have a wealth shock they call it, mm-hmm. and you're fifty percent more likely to die when that happens. Find out the causes yep. and we'll do that in the morning. We'll, we'll redo the story. Yeah, if they ever want to do any experiments on what would happen for the inverse, where if you woke up and suddenly you're just a billionaire, and how that affects someone's gonorrhea, health. Right? Like stripper I, gonorrhea. Yeah, let me know. I can be the test case for that. Well, I'll wake up with many commas in my bank account, it, and you can report on me. Yeah, like winning the Mega Millions. You're always saying, Jack, that that'll be the end of you. You win the Mega Millions. It ruins most people's yeah. lives. That's yeah. just Challenge well accepted. <laughs> awesome. So we got the petering out coming up, which is one of my favorite parts of the program, and not just because I get to go home. It's just the relaxed atmosphere that we have during the petering out, which is next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, yeah. oh, that you said, Lord, that last long day she said goodbye. 
So that is a viral video that's making the rounds. It's a uh, cute kid, looks to be like six years old, uh, wearing a bow tie and cowboy boots in a Walmart, singing a classic Hank Williams song, um, which you'd sort of think would be the kind of song my kid would sing growing up in the household he's growing up in. But uh, he, yesterday he wanted me to hook up my uh, PA system and get the microphone out, and his brother got a drum. And uh, my son, who has a, a lot of anger about a lot of things, did his singing. Here it is. No, did I send you the wrong video? I sent you the wrong video. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I that sent the you the editing. wrong. That was the tiny little edit. Co- I'm sorry. Sound that like ruins, they need to rebalance the headphones That, that there. ruins the whole thing. No, I have a much longer version that has That the, was not the album cut. I'm sorry. My problem. God dang it, Jack. All that set up you for know, nothing. Yes. Punk songs are often very short, but not no, that short. No, that's not the... Damn it. Uh, my whole premise. Sorry. Anyway, Joe's back. Yeah. Fail on every level. Stay tuned tomorrow to hear the yeah, full tune version. Tune in tomorrow. I just texted to Hanson. I don't know how quick it can get into the system. Uh, Joe oh, well, is... the kid's got potential. I'd be more than happy to have no, him over you, my home you, studio. You didn't even hear the screaming part. That's the whole point of the setup is how angry this kid is. Um, oh, it gets better? That was worthless. That was worthless. I'm sorry. Well, I wish I had never brought it up. I'm ashamed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I all just... right, we'll let you move on then. Yes. We're all ashamed. And um, so you have jury duty tomorrow, correct? Yes. Yeah, it's, um, you know, as I was saying earlier, I'm not supposed to talk about the trial at all. I thought I was going to be busy all day today. Now I am not. Um, and who knows what will happen tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. That's the way the cookie crumbles, huh? So I, I had this big buildup, and then I had a follow-up and all this sort of stuff, but I chose the wrong clip, and now I'm demoralized, and I will have that taste in my mouth for the next 24 hours. Unless I eat a donut, yeah. then I'll have the taste of a donut in my mouth for the next 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. It, it enjoyed the uh, the interview with uh, the uh, the expert on police shootings and all. Um, you know the the whole tactics question. You know, as he, as he pointed out, it's constantly evolving because you know the coppers want the best outcome. Um, you know, maybe they you and they might disagree on what is the best outcome, but they absolutely do want the least violent best outcome. And I just. I'd, I'd be curious to talk to cops about when do you say, look, we know you're back there. Nobody wants to be doing any right. shooting. Get on your belly, extend your hands, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and, and as our and as our guest said, as Ed said, you know, some cops might have done that. You know, others wouldn't. It's a judgment call. <sighs> you know, we, we've had plenty of cop panels where they say, you know, some people, some cops tend to escalate situations when they get there some people just their manner they have a they have the ability to de-escalate man all that can play in i'm not saying these guys escalated but you know that if one cop might say you know give it a little longer just based on all kinds of nonverbal cues and that sort of thing and the other guy doesn't that's a life or death decision and as ed said there's no like legislating that there or at least they haven't yet because you get to make a judgment call 
Right. Absolutely. And listen, if somebody listening right now is like an Al Sharpton race baiting type and you don't give a damn about the truth, you're just trying to make yourself more famous or make yourself a more important leader. You want people to be angry because it serves some sort of political purpose. This isn't for you. okay? because I know I can't reach you. But for everybody else, the whole arguing one particular point of view about that question, the tactics question we were just talking about. Arguing it as if your point of view is 100% certain and anybody who disagrees is a liar or a racist or wants dead people or something, you got to stop that. It's, it's, it's beyond unproductive. It's horrible. Well, yeah, and it's leading to violence and people being bumped by cars, which, you know, nobody yeah, wants that. I was going to say, it's leading to fake hit-and-run street theater. How much time have we got, Michael? Students. About one minute. We have one minute. I could read this. This is from a policeman. I'm a cop of over 20 years currently in the Bay Area. Nine years ago, I responded to shots, a shots fired call. Okay, shots have always been already been fired, so you know there's a gun involved. A caller reported shooting at a trespasser at a porch. When I arrived, it was quiet. I'm going to skip ahead. Um, a woman comes out. Uh, I aimed my rifle towards the window for a better position. She came out a minute later. She didn't have a gun, but was pointing a TV remote at me for some reason, like it was a pistol. I was quite shaken. If she had had a gun, I would be dead from my poor tactics, but I would have felt awful if I'd shot her. I've replayed that in my mind over and over. So he didn't fire, thinks he should have, given the situation, because if she'd had a gun, he'd be dead, but he didn't. So, you know, those are the sorts of situations you're in. Yeah, and there are a lot of funerals for a lot of cops who didn't fire. Right. I mean, it's it's not, you know, armchair quarterbacking is is uh, great for debating, but man, when you're actually in those situations, it's hard. Oh, I'm sorry, but no, you introduced me, right? I say final. You say thoughts. Final. Final. Here's our host, Joe Getty. You know, I'd like to interview Baxter, but he's a man of very few words. He's lying at my feet like the faithful dog he is. I think he's faithful. He might be cheating on me while I'm at work. Uh, <laughs> and getting, pets, getting pets from a different dude. Slut. <laughs> Uh, let's get a final thought from Marshall Phillip Marsh. Well, this afternoon I'm moving another big step closer towards becoming part of an international medical experiment. I got my second interview for clinical trials of a new medication to treat vision loss, which will require shots in my eye for a year and a half. When do you start getting the shots in your eye? I'm having a second interview today. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll uh, keep Oof. you updated. Man, oh man, oh man. Hmm. I'll swing by your place, uh, give you a couple just to get you warmed up. Positive Sean, back from his four-day hangover. Sean, final thought? <laughs> yes, I, I have had many a jobs where uh, where being sick was a, a welcome break from the from the grind of, a, of the day-to-day. This is not one of those jobs. I, I truly do not take it for granted that I missed being out. I'm so happy to be back playing on the radio show that I love. Thank you, guys. Michelangelo, final thoughts, sir? Yeah, I just want to say uh, welcome back, Sean. I really enjoyed having you back. And, yeah, it was great to have you back today. Oh, Thank you. Sincere. That was sincere. I, I, was yeah, waiting. That, I know. You're, you're, you're yeah. waiting for the anger, right. the, the, the catch at the end, but it was just someone, a sincere welcome back. pull out the chair as I right, sit right, down. Right. Something. Yeah. That was weak. I hated it. Jack, final thought? <laughs> I'll tell you what, as a man with 22 years of experience of hard drinking, I've never had a four-day hangover, so I'm positive that that's not what happened. (laughs) It can't be done. I tried it. 
It cannot be done. You can't have a four-day hangover. Well, and my final thought is, if we can get the gear that we're supposed to be using today, so I can broadcast from home working, you bitches are never going to see me again. I'm sorry you glitched out so much we couldn't tell you what you're saying, and I'm not kidding. So, there you go. that's too bad. It was really funny. (laughs) Well, we'll have to take your word for it. Um, Got some good stuff lined up for tomorrow, I promise. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Bye-bye. Contrary to what everybody sees in Hollywood, there's no such thing as a lethal weapon and a dirty, hairy type of sharpshooter. That's Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. America.